0: Now, fight back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio.
1: Good afternoon, happy Monday, and welcome. Well, have any of you been driving or walking on Bloor Street today? Well, if you did. You couldn't miss the construction that's begun for the new bike lane project from Shaw to Avenue Road. City Council voted overwhelmingly in favor of the project, but not everyone is so sure that it's going to be good for the area. What about the businesses affected by it? And of course, what will it do to traffic. We want to hear your views. Bike lanes always a controversial issue here on Fight Back. The numbers 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Uh, as I said, the vote was overwhelming, and there were only three dissenting votes against the project at councilor. At council, councilor Stephen Holliday is one of those naysayers, and he joins me now. Welcome, councilor Holliday.
2: Thank you. Good afternoon to you, Libby, and to the Zoomers.
1: Okay. Well, uh, thank you very much for that. Uh, why are you opposed to this project? Well, I've been very skeptical from the beginning, and to me it's like
2: picturing one of those great balance scales, and you weigh some of the benefits to a group of cyclists, and then you weigh that against some of the harm that may come about to the drivers. And most importantly, I represent the west end of the city, and that Bluer Street stretch is like a main artery for us to come in and out of the city. Um, it's really the only other choice that works beside uh, the gardener, and the lakeshore, and those aren't always working.
1: Right. Uh, So you're more concerned about the commuters. What impact do you think it will have long-term? I mean, obviously now that stretch of Bloor Street is down to one lane, so it's uh, hellish. Of course. But once it's completed, what do you think the long-term impact will be? I think the numbers will show that there will be... um additional traffic
2: delays to anybody that drives along that stretch. Once you're down to one lane, and I will add the city staff included some left turn lanes and some new turning lanes into that, people will still be delayed and I think the main delay source will be people trying to make a right-hand turn. And those cars will block the cars that want to go straight through.
1: Yeah, that's that's already a problem in a lot of places uh, yes. and where there's a lot of pedestrian traffic.
2: That's right. One of the largest struggles I've had with this project is that they've called it a pilot project. But what we didn't see leading up to this project was a very strong effort to gather information about the existing conditions. They gave us numbers about the numbers of cyclists, but upon questioning, we learned that those were captured three days last June and then extrapolated over the year. I'd really like to know over a 365-day cycle, and over all the various winters and seasons that we have, how many people really do use this, and weigh that as bicycles, and weigh that against how many people drive.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I want to touch on uh, the businesses in the area. So the businesses. Short-term will be impacted. These are, you know, uh, retail businesses on the street. Short-term, they'll be impacted by the construction. But long-term, they'll be impacted by the loss of those parking spaces. Now, what I found really troubling is that uh, we reached a number of businesses uh, who we know uh, have said that this is going to impact them adversely but they were afraid to talk about this publicly i mean is there some kind of intimidation going on um i i'm just not sure what's going on because it wasn't you know one person being you know microphone shy it 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 was a, it was a number of them it's a good observation
2: i listened carefully to the people that came out to the public works and infrastructure committees deputations and we did hear from one or two businesses who lamented about this, but we didn't hear from very many more. What we did have were the associations that came out and spoke uh, quite supportive of this mm-hmm. and, and excited about it. And uh, they represented themselves as representing the businesses in the area. What happened at council, though, was important. One of the suggestions that I made was to go and poll the residents and the businesses along Bluer Street, and there's a few thousand of them, and we do that from time to time with some of the works that we do. Unfortunately, my colleagues scoffed at that and, and credited it as red tape. I'm not sure how that poll might have come back if people had that um, anonymity, uh, sorry, it wouldn't even be anonymous, but that independence of a single vote that you mail in.
1: Yeah, but what is it? Is it uh, the BIA's telling their members to tow the line? Is it cyclists? Uh, Some, you know, some some can be aggressive. I mean, what's going on here? I wish I knew.
2: Uh, The people that did come out and speak came with great vigor and uh, with great enthusiasm and uh, were very well practiced in what they spoke.
1: Uh huh. Um, Is there any kind of measure? I mean, part of um, you know, in terms of the construction. This is not the only main artery that's being plagued by this. Uh, you know, we've got Dundas down to one lane, and mm-hmm. uh, it, a lot of the, the businesses are very hard to get to. Parts of College Street, I mean, these are places that I just observed driving by. Mm-hmm. And uh, I live near St. Clair, and mm-hmm. during the course of the construction of that right of way, I think 60 businesses went out of business. It took seven years or so, and now it's being ripped up again because the uh, right-of-way that was fairly recently completed is not going to work for the new streetcars, which, by the way, haven't really been delivered.
2: It's happening on Eglinton as well.
1: Right. Well, that uh, for sure, thats <laughs> that yeah. for sure is happening.
2: I think decision-makers do their best in uh, taking into account the needs of local businesses. These are These are people that... That work in, in our communities and contribute a tremendous amount to the success of our own lives. We stop and we shop at these stores. So to discount the importance of them is, is wrong and that's one of the reasons why I tried to advocate with a lot of care to, to hear from them. But um, I'm afraid council ruled the way that it did and I have to respect that now.
1: But okay, so what is the situation for businesses? Is there any kind of compensation or they just have to Suck it up and eat the losses.
2: Unfortunately, the the council decision has come. I hope that they'll take time to voice their concerns, to contact their councillors, to reach out to members of the committee. I don't want anyone to forget that this is still officially a pilot project and will be evaluated in, in about a year's time. We'll look at whatever, whatever data has been gathered, but we also need to listen to what the people in the community have to say. That includes the residents, and that includes the businesses that that uh, thrive on that street.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, uh, thrive th- they thrived uh, uh, prior to this. <laughs> what happens after that, uh, yeah. I, I'm not really sure. Uh, so you're saying at least that's going to be m- monitored. but uh, you know in as a whole, I mean, a whole bunch of these main arteries uh, are now undergoing this construction. is Is there anything happening in terms of uh, you know figuring out the impact as a whole on the city and business in the city?
2: I don't know if it's easy to measure. Uh, I think you really have to get out and speak to people one-on-one. I know that the counselors in those areas talked about that and that they maintain relationships with these businesses, but it, it's hard to evaluate. One of the things, though, that you mentioned about it happening again and again. and Another frustrating piece about this was that there are already bike lanes on Harvard Street just to the south, mm-hmm. and, and of course up on Davenport just to the north, which parallel Bloor Street. One of the complaints I had was, well, we've got these great routes that run east and west. Why did we need another one?
1: Well, the, and- the bike lanes on Harvard are not separated bike lanes, but, but are you saying that uh, they the, there should have just been construction to, to add those posts or whatever they are exactly
2: on Harvard? If the posts were that important uh, and, and they provided additional safety, I don't see why they couldn't have been added. But we can't make every east west route uh, equipped with bike lanes and remove live lanes. And, and, and you talked about it, about it spreading across the city more and more. That's why these pilot projects are so important to consider, and it's so important to consider what alternate routes are nearby. I'm afraid that didn't happen in this case.
1: Okay, Councillor Holliday, uh, let's take a call. We've got Dorothy in Toronto. Hi, Dorothy. Hi,
3: Debbie. How are you? Fine. How are you? Well, every time I hear you speak about the bikes, I get really upset because there's so many uh, people being killed on bikes. Uh-huh. And if they had a, a license for them with a helmet where they had to have a helmet, make it mandatory, or they can't ride bikes without them, and have the bike lanes on streets where there aren't big buses and streetcars because the vehicles are not going to respect the bike riders if they don't have a helmet and a license because they don't even respect the streetcars. They try to get, you know when the streetcar has to stop to let someone out and there's cars, the cars will race, they'll speed. I've seen it at the crosswalk. I see it all the time. They'll race to get past the streetcar as before so it they stops. have to stop for when the doors open to let people off the streetcar. Right. They don't want to stop, and they have to by law. So they race past the streetcars. It, it's so upsetting. And when I see someone on a bike without a helmet, I almost, I almost get sick.
1: Well, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm wondering, you know, I'm not generally in favor of, of the nanny state, but I wonder why the helmets are not mandatory, at least in some symbolic way. Because mm-hmm. really, I be. mean, if, because but,
3: they're on the dangerous street with the big vehicles, so they should have to have a license and have to have a helmet, or make bike paths through the little streets where you can get around this city. Uh, even when you're driving, you can get around without using the big streets. Uh, Councillor Holiday, has there ever been a thought of? A ma-
1: I, I remember vaguely a discussion about helmets and them being mandatory.
2: Well, I don't believe they're mandatory for adults. I I always wear one, but that's just me. (laughs) Um, And we we did talk a little bit before um, another day about the idea of licensing. That's a whole other can of worms, and that's being put aside for now. We'll hear about that at Public Works again in the fall, and there'll be some debate as to whether or not we'll study it. But uh, Dorothy brought a good point forward about uh, parallel and nearby routes, and I'm looking at the city's cycling map, and right adjacent to Bluer Street are Barton and Lother Avenues, and they're identified right on our own map as routes for cycling, and what they are are quiet residential streets, mm-hmm. where there's little traffic. Um, and I've never understood why people choose to go onto the busiest street and weave through the traffic when there's a, there's a perfectly quiet neighborhood street a, right next to it.
1: A lot of those streets, and I'm trying to remember Lowther, but, but that's around the Annex, and, and they're right. sort of one way, a different way every block, which is a traffic calming thing. Mm-hmm. So that might uh, be a reason. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess people are looking as the crow flies for the shortest way to get from point A to point B.
2: Well, the shortest way is not always the safest way, and that's the way that I think about it when I cycle in Etobicoke. When I go out with my family, we generally stay on the side streets. Even if it's just a bit longer, um, we'll go out for an hour and pass two or three cars. And if we were out on a major artery, we'd be being passed by trucks.
3: Anyway, okay, Dorothy. You know something else, Uh, Libby? Yeah. The the big trucks that are, uh, by law, are only supposed to stay on Eastern Avenue. They even travel on Queen's. Which is illegal. A friend of mine was getting illegal? in her car with her daughter, and we couldn't believe it when we saw it. I saw it, and then she said, he's not supposed to be on the street. And, like, they just don't, they really don't have to obey the laws because they're in a big, safe vehicle where passengers, people getting out of cars or people crossing at crosswalks like myself or people on bikes, we're like victims. We're up against this big vehicle. We don't have a chance. And when, every time I see someone without a helmet, I just, um, this one guy one day, I said he didn't have a helmet, and I said, for Christmas, when your family and your parents and everyone want to get you something for Christmas, why don't you tell them to all chip in and get you a helmet? He said, oh, what a good idea. I said, they'd feel bad if something happened to you.
1: Yeah, no kidding. Anyway, Dorothy, thank
3: you very much oh, for your you're call. you're welcome, Libby. That's one topic that really upsets me. Okay, just, thanks uh, a lot. Thank you for having the gentleman on okay. talking about
1: it. Okay, thanks a lot. Um, we are now going to take a quick break. I'm going to give you the numbers again. We want to hear... Your thoughts on these new bike lanes under construction on Bloor Street between Shaw and Avenue Road. They're going to be those bike lanes with posts. Bloor Street is now yet another street that will be down to one lane during the construction, and the businesses are going to lose those parking spots when the construction is complete. The numbers to call, 416-360-0740, or toll-free, 1-866-740-740. 740. And we will be back with Councillor Stephen Holliday after this.
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Schneimer on Zoomer Radio.
1: Welcome back. We are talking about bike lanes. Construction has begun on the new bike lanes, which are a pilot project on Bloor Street between Shaw and Avenue Road. Traffic down to one lane and uh, over 130 parking spots lost for the local businesses. I just got an email from our VP of Communications, my good friend Leanne Wright. She likes the ones on Harvard. Uh, she says they're never busy, but uh, I—they're I, around the University of Toronto. When I'm driving, they're pretty busy. But thanks, Leanne, for the email. And uh, now we are going to go to the phones. We've got Doreen in Toronto. Hi, Doreen.
4: Hi. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? Fine. What do you think of this? Well, I think it's like—it's ridiculous. Like we're going back to the old stone ages. We—we we need to be a developed country. And I bike, and um, I love biking, so I have, and I love my my vehicle too. Don't get me wrong. I pay tax and insurances for my um with uh, I don't own presently, but I pay property taxes when I owned my house own home. I pay insurance for my car, I pay the necessary things. Bikers don't do that. And another thing in my in my defense as a biker i can you cannot put a human being with all this busy traffic and 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 um and don't think that the the death um toll would not go up so just I a minute drive- are you
1: are you in favor of the separated bike lanes they're trying out? No, I don't like it.
4: We all pay taxes and that should never be. The people, the business, people are losing businesses and the the city are coming like, I don't know what they're trying to do to the city. I don't like what they're doing. And I'm a driver as well as a biker. So I, I, I really, really weigh this situation and they cannot do that. What about all these people who own houses and businesses who pay taxes? Bike people don't pay taxes and you cannot mix apple and tomatoes or or uh, coconut and um, and um, and tomatoes because something going to get squashed and if you look <laughs> at it, there are more incidents and accidents happening every day with the, with, the, with this thing. The best of drivers could make a mistake and 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 the bike the bikers could you know accidents happen. Okay. are still going to be the biggest loser the bikers that's going to do it. Okay. They should not They should not narrow our streets for these people who don't pay, even including me, who don't pay taxes and insurances.
1: Okay, Doreen, thanks for your call. We're going to move on because we have a few other people waiting. You're welcome. Okay, bye-bye. I know. Okay, Irving in Toronto. Hi, Irving. Hi. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Go ahead. You're on the air. Well, I just wanted to
5: comment. I remembered uh, on DuPont Street, west of Lansdowne, when they changed, the, there was two lanes in each direction all the way to Keel. Right. Right to Annette, where you go under the bridge. Right. And then they changed it to one lane, and there were bicycles. And uh, if you go there from, like, 3 o'clock on in the evening, and you're going westbound, the traffic is solid bumper to bumper uh, east of Lansdowne going westbound right to Annette. And it's the reverse in the morning. And I think that's fine in the summer. I mean, people use the bicycle, etc. But you know, by the t- I used to take that route all the time to go see a friend of mine mm-hmm. in Etobicoke. and the 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 numbers drop down like crazy once October comes, and there's nobody in the winter, and you're down to one lane, and it's just. Terrible. And I think the other thing they're going to have a big problem with somebody mentioned right turns. As it is today, you have people right turns are really three, tricky. <laughs> yeah. You've got two or three seconds on a light and they still cross, so you can't make a right turn.
1: Yep. And uh, I, th- I think the counselor uh, mentioned something about that, about the difference right. and the between. Other thing uh,
5: your other expert mentioned about the fact that they did the test. In June for three days.
1: Well, exactly. It's
5: kind of skewed to make yep. it favorable for bicycles.
1: Yep, Councillor yes. Holliday, you were talking about the fact that that uh, you know there wasn't a lot of studying done on the use in other seasons.
2: That's right, I tried to have this delayed a year so that we could gather information for a year. Knowing that there was a lot of desire to put these lanes in, let's have a very, very apples to apples to comparison after a year of gathering information. And again, that was scoffed at as a delay tactic. And all I want to be able to say a year from now is truly these things improved the situation or truly they made it worse and then have a decision point. I'm not sure that we're going to have a very good decision next fall when we go to reevaluate these things.
1: Okay. I want to try and take a few more calls here before we thank move on for to... Thank you your turn. Thank you, Irving. And we're going to Suzanne in Hamilton. And Suzanne, you're saying that Hamilton has a lot of bike lanes, but they're not necessarily well thought out.
4: Not at all. If you're going down Charlton Street, which is a east-west run, or yeah, it's going east uh, from the west, and it abruptly stops at James Street. Well, and then turns and then goes. So it doglegs it down James and continues eastward, and then it di- and then it eventually dies. But anyway, uh, the point is is that so on the curb lane you have the bicycle lane, then in the middle of the street you have parking for vehicles, then you have the east-west, the east traffic uh, lane, and then you have parking for vehicles on the right-hand side curb lane. Totally ridiculous, not well thought out, doesn't do anything for traffic. Then the bike lane abruptly ends at James Street going nowhere. Of um, the um you know what not- hang on
1: hang on i uh, just uh councillor holiday Yes. so w- what happens uh when uh you uh, what what is the plan for people once they either hit avenue road or Shaw on the west uh Suzanne brought up an interesting point the bike lane ends
2: well the the official plan is that's the end of the pilot. But I think the political plan is to extend this thing right across Bloor, across the city. And I think if you ask the councillors in that area, they're beginning to celebrate. I'm not sure all of Bluer Street is celebrating on that, but uh, I think that's the long-term vision. They selected this segment as a proving round, and we'll see where that takes us.
1: Uh huh. But right now, where, where are the cyclists supposed to go uh, when, when that, those lanes end? Well, they'll either,
2: they'll either have to continue along blue or as they have been riding for for eons, or they can take one of the lanes uh, up Shaw Street or where it terminates near near uh, sorry Avenue does not have a lane, but they could take one of the the cross uh, bike infrastructures and jump over to a different route.
1: Okay. Um, okay. Uh, thank you very much, Suzanne. That's a good point.
4: Uh, can I make
1: a couple more points? Uh, uh, we're running out of time, and I'd like to take another caller okay. who's been waiting. So thank okay. you. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, Niam, or am I pronouncing your name right?
6: Hello? Hello. Hi. Uh, I'm not sure. Actually, you kind of cut out
1: there for a second. Oh, okay. Um, Niam, is that right? More or less, yeah. Naim. Naim. Okay. The spelling um, was funny here. Okay, Naim. Yeah, You're uh, on the I just air. I wanted to make
6: a quick point, because I know you might have a few other people to... Uh, Pick up. Um, I'm a driver. I drive for work. I pull a trailer, and I'm also a, psyched, a cyclist, an avid cyclist. Uh, I build my bike. Uh, I think that it's really important to encourage cycling in the city, but I think um, more important is to kind of reduce this animosity between cyclists and vehicles, and for that reason, or, or drivers rather, for that reason, I'm against the, um, the bike lanes on Bloor. Mm-hmm. And I think there's perfectly good streets that are not too far um, north and south of Bloor that I heard mentioned earlier were one-way roads, but if they could be made um, cyclist-permitted one-way roads, I think that would solve the problem entirely because you wouldn't need to put barriers, which would save the city money, you wouldn't need to lose the figure I heard earlier on the radio with $870,000 in parking revenue, um, and those businesses wouldn't have to suffer while these lanes are being built.
2: Yep. <laughs> great great so, suggestion.
6: Yeah, uh, and um, I don't know, has that been thought of? Has that been brought up?
2: I, I think it's on the cycling grid, and the problem is uh, you and I are speaking engineering-speak about numbers and, and vectors and so on, but I think a lot of this has been a political discussion, mm. and it has a lot to do with biking and safety and also just about traffic in the city.
6: I see. Is, is there any um, any hope of maybe pulling in um, an expert from another, maybe one of the Scandinavian companies who have done wonderful things, very innovative things with their bike infrastructure, that has, um, that has stuck and done nothing but police and citizens that have paid for
2: it? It's a good idea, and I think uh, I'll, I'll begin asking some questions amongst some of the experts um, within the city staff and even who I speak to outside of the city ranks. And if we can get some information back when the decision comes back in the fall, I'll try to integrate that best as I can.
6: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. I just, uh, I just felt that I'd make that thing. I'd, I love the show, by the way, and thank you very much for having it.
1: Okay, thanks a lot.